1: Well, it's a Monday morning and I've tried really hard not to mention it, but I can't help myself. The Kiwis did win the Rugby World Cup, and it's a great pleasure to be joined on the phone from the Australian Christian Lobby by Martin Arles. Martin, good morning.
2: <laughs> good morning, Alan. Uh, I think the rule last week was not to talk about the rugby, so in the interest <laughs> of consistency, I think we can...
1: <laughs> let's stick with that, eh? Alright, so I won't mention it in case you decide to send all us Kiwis home.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's happened before.
1: <laughs> Which brings us very neatly to the subject of migration and immigrants and Tony Abbott's lecture last week uh, uh, at the Guildhall in London in which he said that Christ's edict to us to love our neighbour wasn't necessarily a good one
2: well yeah um, I mean, Tony Abbott managed to say something during the Margaret Thatcher lecture that not only upset large portions of the mainstream media but it upset a lot of Christian communities as well so i'm I'm worried about commenting on it so I think no matter what I say i 'm going to get mail so uh, <laughs> we'll get we'll give it a crack. Um, I have to say, I actually went back and watched the lecture um, out of curiosity, and i don't believe that he quite said what the media said that he said. Um, in fact, he did affirm uh, the values of Western societies of altruism, of reaching out to neighbours. Uh, he said that that was part of the Western social fabric. Um, he also affirmed the willingness of Western nations and the capacity of Western nations to take in refugees. Um, so that was all there. Um, the thing that he then went on to do was to highlight the fact that there is another value which must be balanced in responsible government. Um, and he phrased it as caring for one's flock. Uh, and I, I think that that is, in fact, part of the Christian view of the role of the state as well, in that the state is given the duty to steward the land and the people that are in its care uh, for God. And I think that's, that's perfectly Biblical. And and so what he said is look, it's not a one value zone, uh, this area of immigration and so forth. Uh, You know, you've got to be wise and you've got to remember your primary value whilst being generous. Now, I agree. With that assessment, now ACL has always advocated for an increase in the numbers of refugees we take. We think we should take lots, uh, and we think we should take a lot, even if it costs Australia quite a bit. So against that backdrop, but at the same time, I mean, it's easy for us to sit back and say, "Oh, you know, this is crazy." But over in Europe, they're facing a very different sort of crisis, uh, where they've got so many people coming in that the value system of the government that make those impulses um, predominate, the impulses to help neighbour are actually being threatened because you're threatening the very existence of or the very continuation of the government. You're not stewarding your resources well. Uh, and so, look, I just think that under a Christian worldview, wisdom is just as important as compassion. You need to have them both balanced in healthy, in a healthy way. Uh, you need to implement them both. Be very, very generous, but don't be so generous that you destroy uh, good things. And I don't think that that's what Christ had in mind in the parable of the Good Samaritan.
1: The advantage of uh, being on an early news shift is I actually got to watch the speech live as it was yeah. coming through from London. My impression was that... that he looked and sounded different to the Tony Abbott that we've seen, we've seen in, in recent years as prime minister. He seemed much more, almost confident. He, he, he seemed very sure of what he was saying and where he was going.
2: Yeah, look, i noticed this as well. I mean, even his uh, farewell speech um, when he lost the Prime Ministership and he came out the next day uh, and gave a brief farewell speech. It was so confident. Uh, it was so free-flowing. Um, it was a really great speech. And uh, I thought that this that speech, again, was well executed in, the, in terms of the fact that all the stylistic issues that you described. So I don't know whether he was avoiding the media's snare for a very long time and, and always speaking through strained words. I suspect there was a little bit of that about it. And it's like the low has lifted, the pressure's not on quite so much now, and he's come out and he's, and, he's, and he's really free and easy I mean I just wish he spoke like this all the time
1: <laughs> Let's move on to the subject of, of schools, there's been a couple of stories this week uh, involving involving schools, there was the the National Anthem story uh, where some uh, muslim students were allowed to walk out so they didn't have to sing the national anthem because uh, it, it they said it would upset them uh, and then there was the case of the christian school which um there's two a, a little girl with two dads has been removed from the school because she has two dads uh, schools schools are becoming a real hotbed of politics aren't they
2: yeah, they are. And gosh, how do you, uh, how do you balance, um, the competing interests here? Because on the one hand, uh, you look at, um, I think it's Foundation Christian College in, in Western Australia and you say, well, uh, look, the school has a right to determine its own ethos. Um, and if it's a Christian school that wants to teach Christian family values and Christian ethics, uh, and it makes that very, very clear from the outset, well, that should be okay, uh, because surely it's fundamental to free Western society that parents are able to have their kids educated according to their own values uh, and their own ethos. If, if you don't have that right or that freedom, um, then you're going to end up with the government Saying, well, this is the set of values that we want to impose on your kids. And uh, look, throughout history, we know that that can go very wrong. Um, and so you say, well, look, we've got to have religious freedom, we are got to have freedom of belief and conscience, and freedom to educate our children. And so, you know, what Foundation Christian College did is fine. Wait a minute, go to Victoria, and here you have students who are saying, uh, we don't want to sing the national anthem, in fact, we want to walk out. Um, now, I think that if somebody has a conscientious objection to uh, not singing, to singing the national anthem, that's fine, they can shut their mouth, you know, they don't have to sing it. Um, If a school has an ethos where they say, look, we don't have overt displays of nationalism, we don't fly the flag and we don't um, sing the anthem, well, all right, that may be part of the ethos of the school and the parents can decide whether or not that's a good idea or not. I think when it becomes, um, when it's highlighted by the school and it becomes an act, almost a subversive act I think that's just it's just a question of wisdom there whether that's actually a good idea um, and I think it also plays into a broader Probably immigration cultural policy area where if you have people who are wanting to actively subvert the very uh, culture and the very symbols of the nation um, that they're enjoying and coming to be a part of, then you ask questions about the immigration policy and what values people should have when they come to this country and what they should be willing to accept. So I think that's where the debate there is there with the Victorian school, but certainly freedom of conscience, religion. They don't have to sing the national anthem, but it shouldn't be highlighted. That's foolish.
1: Yeah. Let's just, because uh, we're running out of time, let's just briefly mention GST, which is the uh, the big story in the news today. Um, the government's playing its cards pretty close to its chest, but it does seem to me that, that we are heading towards an increase in GST to cover uh, things like education and, and health costs in, in the States. Is that your reading of it?
2: Yeah, quite possible. Sometimes the government goes there, uh, says, oh, it talks things up as if they're going to be a calamity and then gives a very soft blow in the end. So people go, oh, what a great idea. <laughs> so there could be that about it. Um, but I-, I suspect, yeah, it's been on the cards for a long time. GST may go up. Um, and. This then just depends whether or not you're the kind of person who thinks that we should have small government, low taxes or, you know, higher taxes, more altruistic government. Uh, which side of that spectrum do you fall on? I'm a sceptic when it comes to the government getting a little bit, you know, over bloated. So I like low taxes, but people fall on different sides of that spectrum, I suppose.
1: I I guess the states are feeling that they've got um, they have got huge bills now that they have to pay for schools and, and for health. Yeah, they have got to get the money from somewhere.
2: Yeah, that's valid, and I do think that there is a fiscal imbalance between the receipts that the... Commonwealth Government gives out the amount of money that they take in on the states is definitely an imbalance and I'd like to see that righted without the tax take going up but wishful thinking I think <laughs> I don't know if that's the way it's going to work
1: Well they've been looking across the Tasman at what they do in New Zealand so uh, maybe New Zealand could lead the way in tax as well as in rugby
2: Oh lead the way on rugby and how's that <laughs> It's always good we to can't talk- have
1: that <laughs> <laughs> It's always good to talk to you Martin thank you very much and uh, you I think, too, I think thank Lyle you very will be much. joining us again next week He will indeed